In the name of Jesus, amen. Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided house falls, Jesus says in our gospel lesson. These words of Jesus make sense to us, don't they? We've seen that sort of thing happen throughout history. Shortly before the birth of Jesus, the Roman Republic was divided in two, East versus West, Caesar versus Pompey. And as a result of that division, 20 years of civil war. The Roman Empire later again was divided east from west by the Emperor Diocletian. And to oversimplify, as a result, its future collapse was certain. Abraham Lincoln, you know the guy, he quoted these words of Jesus just a few years before the Civil War saw the slave-holding South divided from the free North. The bloodiest war of our nation's history, over 600,000 people killed, was the result. My grandfather fought in Korea, North versus South, still divided. Two groups of people who hate each other. A house divided against itself falls. A house divided cannot remain. It's laid waste. We could go on with a lot more examples. Republican versus Democrat, East versus West Coast, Iowa versus Nebraska. But those examples we've talked about give an example about what our Lord says. A kingdom divided cannot stand. It falls apart. But the truth of our gospel lesson today, dear Christian, is that Jesus isn't talking about countries or states or groups of people. The house that Jesus is talking about is you, your soul. To put it in a personal way, what Jesus is saying is this, if your faith is divided, your soul will be laid waste. If your faith is divided, it will fall. Not the collapse of a nation, but fall from the faith, fall into hell, fall into perdition. You cannot be 
halfway a Christian. You can't even be mostly Christian and a little bit not. Maybe that will work here in your lifetime, in this world, for a little while. But when Judgment Day comes, and it's coming soon, what then? That's when things really matter. Jesus says this way in the gospel lesson, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Christianity is an all-or-nothing faith with no in-between. I really want you to hear that, to think about that, because it's important for you to know and to acknowledge. Because it's your eternity that's on the line. You have been called by the work of the Holy Spirit. You have been united into God's church through the waters of holy baptism. Through the word of God coming into your ears. And what does that word tell you? It fixes your eyes upon Jesus, his work of forgiving all of your sin on the cross, his redemption earned by the shedding of his blood, his suffering, and his death. His word, your baptism, unites you to Jesus. But being a Christian also puts a bullseye on your back. And Satan, Beelzebul, the Lord of the flies, notices your salvation. And he seeks to corrupt you, to kill your faith. To introduce even just a little bit of false doctrine. A little bit of self-justifying. A little bit of, I can do this on my own. You see, Satan's not divided either. He's all in against Jesus. He will stop at nothing to crush Christians and their faith, to destroy the church and anyone attached to our Lord. He's even after you, dear Christian. He's not divided in his attacks either. Satan knows how God calls you to be a Christian through the word, through baptism. He knows that the Holy Spirit is hard at work in the word to create and sustain faith. So what does he do? He attacks that word. 
He tries to stop it from coming into your ears. Satan seeks to keep you out of God's house. He encourages you to sleep in, to stay home, to stay safe. He wants you to neglect the sacraments, to doubt their work within you. Satan attacks the word, saying with lies that God's word doesn't matter, that God's word isn't true, that it's some invention from a bunch of ancient people that's now the opiate of the masses. Satan lies into your ears, saying, Don't believe the word. Don't trust the scriptures. Why does Satan attack the word? To kill your faith. To divide you within. To divide your house, your soul, even just a little bit against God. Satan attacks the word in his usually deceptive way. Did God really say? Did God really say, don't neglect gathering with the church? Did God really say, you need to go every week? Shouldn't it be fine just to go a couple times a month? Shouldn't it be fine to just go on the big important days, Christmas and Easter? Satan might even lie into your ear and say, you were baptized in this church, you were confirmed in this church, you were married in this church, and by George, someday you'll have your funeral at this church. I've even heard those words quoted at me when I asked someone why they hadn't been to church in over a year. Dear Christian, do not let your house, your soul, be divided by these lies of Satan. He uses these lies to hurt your faith, to possess your soul with his hellish power. He is not divided in what he wants. His lies will come about other issues as well. It's okay to steal just this once, no one will notice. It's okay to cheat on your taxes just a little bit. It's okay to abort this child. Your future is too important to put at risk. It's okay to sleep with this person. After all, you love each other for now. It's okay 
to gossip about that situation, the person you tell will probably keep it to themselves. It's okay to look at this website full of naked people. You're all alone. Who will know? It's okay to hate people. It's okay to break this minor law. It's okay to slough off at work. It's okay to not believe all of God's word. It's okay to love other things more than God. Have you heard those lies? Have you? Have you believed them? Have you acted on them? They are all the work of Satan. He does not want you to believe God's word. He does not want God's will done for you. He does not want God's kingdom to come to you. So often, dear Christians, we fall for these lies of Satan. We think that we know better than what God's word says. We justify things to ourselves. We ignore God's word and our eyes are taken off of Jesus, neglecting the gifts that he gives. And when that happens, we fall under the power of Satan. Our soul is divided. And a soul divided against itself will be laid waste. A soul divided will fall. Satan's attacks against you are not anything to laugh at. Satan is strong, not weak. Jesus says this himself in our gospel lesson. He calls Satan a strong man who has enslaved all of humanity to sin, to their own sinful desires, to himself. Satan is a strong man, and we are born under his authority. We are born to sin, and as a result, we die. Satan is a strong man, and there's nothing that you can do to set yourself free from him. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. He's too strong for you. But there is a stronger man, Jesus. Jesus who 
counterattacks Satan on your behalf and for your sake. Jesus, who is the Word itself, as we heard a few weeks ago. The Word that overcomes Satan. The Word who stomps out his head, even as he himself is pierced. Jesus, the stronger man, sets aside his strength and glory and power and takes on our human flesh so that he also might take on our sin, our guilt, our shame, and bear them all the way to the cross. Jesus, the stronger man, willingly suffers for you. He purchases you from your slavery to Satan and sin and yourselves, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood innocent suffering and death so that you might be his own so that you might live under him in his kingdom so that your divided loyalties might be repaired put back together so that your eyes might only look to him in matters of faith in matters of eternity in manners of God. Jesus dies to forgive your sin. He rises from the dead so that you too might rise from the dead, following after him bravely and boldly so that you might be resurrected to live as God's people, undivided, world without end. Jesus does all of this for you, to free you from the power of Satan, to free you by washing away your sin in baptismal waters, to free you by feeding you with his own eternal body and blood, to free you by sending the Holy Spirit attached to his word into your ear, into your heart, to call you to be Christian. The word of God in the water, in the Lord's Supper, preached into your ears, kicks Satan out of your heart. He can no longer squat there. He's been removed. Your house has been put in order. So don't be a halfway Christian. Don't leave 
your soul empty. Or Satan will be back in force to repossess what he once had. Fill your house, fill your soul with what? With Jesus, through the word, as often as you possibly can. Let that word enter your ear. Know that God is at work in the word to strengthen your faith, to fix your eyes ever upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Repent of your halfway Christianity. Repent of being content with as little word as possible. Fill your soul with your baptism, remembering it every single day, knowing that it's not just a past act that once happened. You are baptized now. Christ is always washing away your sin. Live a baptismal life, confessing your sins, receiving absolution as from the pastor, as God himself speaks through him. Fill your soul with the body and blood of Jesus to continually give you forgiveness, life, and salvation. Fill your soul with the Word of God. After all, it is that Word that makes you a complete Christian. It is that Word that brings you Christ crucified and risen. That word is what saves you, 100%. That word of God is what keeps you in the one true faith until you die. That word is what sustains you through death and into eternal life. That word is Jesus. That word is everything. That word is the most important thing in this world. Blessed be Jesus. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are you when you hear that word. Then you're whole. Then you're complete. Then you stand. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.